So I discovered him with A Few Good Men, the the film. I was in the Marines at the time that that came out. And it was playing on our um, our base, uh, the theater we had on the base in Quantico. So like we were right close to where they would have been talking about. Like, And um, it it spoke to all of us. And I saw it and I came back to the barracks and I was telling my friends, you have to see this. It's so amazing. And at that time, of course, I didn't know anything about him. But then over the years, I came to uh, know who he was. And then when Sports Night started and I got into that and then there were more articles about him and I was like, oh, my God, he did A Few Good Men. And so I was already on board. Welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, but we are getting off the Bruce Springsteen train, and we are joining one of my other entertainment obsessions, Aaron Sorkin. Um, and in fact, right before I hit record, I told my guest, good show, like we were about to do an episode of Sports Night. Sarah, welcome so much to the show. Thank you for joining me. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. Um, you've been a wonderful connection all these years. And so I'm really honored that you invited me. Yeah, uh, you know, so Sarah and I go back. She is, I, I have to say, one of my first online friends back in the day when there was back when you did mailing lists and you know uh i was part of a aaron sorkin fan base and we would we just did interplies in each mail and email chains every time there was a new episode of west wing and sarah was our list mom and kind of tried to keep everything rolling and everyone civil and it being the internet, you know, it wasn't always, but I just, I just, I fell in love with your personality and, and your friendship. And so I am thrilled for getting to talk. I am too. And uh, I appreciate that so much. Um, yeah, there, it had its moments and the internet was new. Yes. when we started this you know we started that group in uh 99 i think yeah, i think so uh because uh, we'd been part of something else uh that was like just sports night related and then i thought well god we talk about his writing so much why don't we just have a group that's just about him and i thought that just brought so many interesting people into it uh, even with the disagreements and stuff it was still interesting and it was still thoughtful um and so I think it's actually one of the the internet's um, successes. <laughs> Looking back on it, uh, being that everything was new, we were learning about mistakes, we're learning about how things happen at, in real time. Um, but our love of that, I don't know, just the the higher minded stuff that Aaron yes. brought 
I think, and that's why I was, and I know everybody didn't like it, but um, I tried to bring a higher minded discourse to the group. I was like, yes. we, we're here and we like him because of the higher intelligence, the higher use of language. And so, you know, you got the rest of the internet to be a jerk, uh, yeah. to be um, thoughtless, to be rude, uh, to be vulgar. Um, let's make this a place where it's a safe haven for intelligence. And, you know, and I got feedback that was like, you know, the internet-y. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, but I was like, yeah, but I think I'm, I think most people are on board with this with me. Yeah. And, and what I really loved and um, is it was perfectly acceptable to say, this storyline didn't work for me, or I don't feel this character is behaving in a way I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it set us to a discussion, not a, oh, this sucks. Yeah. You know, okay, or, you know, this is a piece of doo-doo. Like, yeah. okay, you know, then you're fine. Go somewhere else on the internet to, you know, talk on this. If you want to talk about, you know, how you you didn't, you didn't think that, you know, like Josh would behave this way or, or, or what, um, you know, how Leo was working and, and, or maybe inconsistencies, you know, and, and Aaron has, is famous for not necessarily, like I used to say, um, Aaron could really use an editor and, and not to edit his words, but someone who goes, no, 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 Aaron, you, you've already set up this precedent in your universe, you know, because he's brilliant enough that he could write around that. But, uh, you know, so we had that kind of fun and it made it, um, it, it, it made us enjoy the show more, at least from my perspective. And, you know, I made friends like you and Yvonne and other people that Mm -hmm. I still interact with socially, not all the time, but, you know, you immediately, when I reached out to you went, Jesse, how are you doing? Are you okay? And, mm-hmm. and, and join me. And so I think that's awful. That's awfully a wonderful blessing that we got from just a silly TV show. Yeah. And, and I was thinking about it today. We got each other through a lot of stuff, you know? We yeah, we did. Uh, 9-11, we supported each other through 9-11. Uh, through a lot of stuff that happened after that, through stuff that was happening with us personally. Yes. And it just felt to me like kind of the best of what the internet has to offer. And uh, I'm so grateful to all of you that I'm still connected with too. It's, it's like you, there are many. Yeah. Um, and I'm very grateful for all of that. You know, and I, I hadn't thought about this before, but I think a lot of what you did and and not as the list mom and the other members of the group and uh, you know we were together we kind of had peer pressure like hey this isn't that kind of you know mailing list is a lot of the spirit that I bring into um, my podcasting whether it's my Doctor Who podcast with Charles you know or with the Bruce Springsteen podcast or anything else I do it's um, I can criticize something or I can say this doesn't work for me, but that doesn't mean I'm ugly or hateful or and because, you know, someone is trying to do something creatively and whether it works or not, 
it's hard to be creative. It is hard to, you know, like Kevin Pollack said, no one tries to make a bad movie. Trust me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, having made a short film myself, um, which starred one of our, um, one of our peeps who is still a friend of mine. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It's tough. It's fun. And I yeah. learned a lot from it, but you know, it's still difficult. And I actually said to Aaron once, um, I think probably in the height of the West wing, I was like, I, I don't know how you do this. And I don't know if it's you or everybody else. Uh, and he was like, I assure you it's everybody else. And he was like that publicly. I don't think that that was his inner monologue. I think he knew he was good. Um, uh, although he, you know, had his human stuff like the rest of us, but yeah. Um, but he was very much like, I can't believe who I'm surrounded with that, you know, putting this together, it, it just, I wouldn't be happening this way if it was just me. So Sarah, there is a reason why the episode that we're recording is being released today, isn't it? Sports Night and the West Wing both premiered on September 22nd in sequential years uh sports night was september 22nd 98 and west wing was september 22nd uh 99 i i did not know they started on the same day so this is perfect because sarah and i are old friends as we were just talking about and so have the opportunity to talk sports night and aaron sorkin highlights and release it on the anniversary of both shows is perfect I do want to give you a chance to introduce yourself, give us your elevator pitch, and then we're going to go right back into talking more, Aaron. Oh, gosh. Where do I start? Um, Oh, gosh. Okay. So my name is uh, Sarah Price. Um, I started the the group that we all came together on talking about Aaron's work and all of Aaron's work, you know, the, the plays and the movies and everything. So mostly it started from sports night because we were very rabid fans. <laughs> it Absolutely. Had a, it had a small but very rabid uh, fan base, and rightfully so. It was genius. Um, and now seems to be mostly forgotten, which is sad to me because uh, I watched a little bit of it today and it still holds up. So I will tell you, Sarah, and, uh, and you can go back to doing your elevator pitch. Um, you know, I had just recently um, had surgery, so I was off work for like five, six weeks. Mm -hmm. And I rewatched sports night in its entirety Mm -hmm. and, um, and just said over and over again, I, I'm re-remembering how great this was and how wonderful this was and how clever it was and how it, you know, it, it is truly there are some moments in there that just make me smile um during the lockdown i saw all of west wing again i i went through you know all seven seasons and and watched that again and uh kind of enjoyed um josh molina and hershey's you know west wing weekly to kind of because that felt like what you you and i or other members of the group could do 
right? If, if, if we weren't Josh Molina that could actually talk about the inside, but just the idea of two people who love the show discussing it. And so I revisited that. So it was really nice to go back there again. Um, so you're in California, correct? Uh, no, actually, I moved back to Texas. Oh, that's right. You are yeah, back in Texas. Yes. Yeah. So I moved back in 2018. So I'm in um, the Dallas area. Okay. So actually, I don't think I'm far from you. Weren't you in, no. are you in Carrollton? Yeah, I'm in Louisville. So okay. uh, we will now need to meet. Um, uh, need to meet it, for real. <laughs> yes, we do. We do need to meet for real. So that's good. Well, very nice. Um, so can you remember when you first discovered Aaron's work and you know I usually ask the question when can you know can you describe finding Bruce's music Bruce Springsteen music and if you can say why it spoke to you try to articulate it so I'm going to twist this you discovered Aaron Sorkin and can you explain maybe what about his prose and his writing spoke to you so I discovered him with A Few Good Men, the the film. I was in the Marines at the time that that came out. And it was playing on our um, our base, uh, the theater we had on the base in Quantico. So like we were right close to where they would have been talking about. Like, and um, it, it spoke to all of us. And I saw it and I came back to the barracks and I was telling my friends, you have to see this, it's so amazing. And at that time, of course, I didn't know anything about him. But then over the years, I came to uh, know who he was. And then when Sports Night started and I got into that and then there were more articles about him and I was like, oh, my God, he did a few good men. And so I was already on board. Um, I think it was because of the. I mean, the dialogue for sure, the buildup of drama, his understanding of uh, characters and drama um that when it's that good you're you're just in it you know you're just sucked into it you're not going oh he did that well he did that well um it's just like I just want to be in this and so I I saw that so many times and I felt like there was a respect for the marines in that that um spoke to us on the base as well um and so uh when I started his group he thought he was being punked by josh molina yeah <laughs> so he emailed me and he was like if i find out this is a joke <laughs> and it was just the most amazing thing to be connected to him and um i worked at disney at the time that sports night started and when i fell in love with that i would go down to the lot uh, the disney lot when i had a chance and uh, just hang around the sound the sound stage because it was just to be near it, you know? Yeah. And I think it's just because I've never had that reaction to television before. Yeah, uh, I absolutely agree. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about that. I, I think I did not realize at the time, I had liked A Few Good Men, but I fell in love with the American president. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought the how romantic it was and that scene like in the ballroom where Annette Benning looks so beautiful and she's beaming and you know who is this woman and why is she dancing I'm gonna have the the dialogue wrong right and you know and he says because she said yes and um it it just 
and you know in that whole speech at the end i would i love this movie and um and then i remember like on back when tv guide was a thing they would in the fall preview would have shows where there's a a must watch or, or top highlight or star i can't remember how they did but they they did and sports night was one of the shows that they had highlighted and i remember watching that pilot and enjoying it but then when you have the kicker where he picks up his son you know picks up the phone and calls his son and is like i want you to turn on this tv and then Mm -hmm. you need to go to bed but this guy is doing something that's you know that is the best that's ever you know done and i just went oh my goodness what what is this tv show i'm watching i was struck and i think it was just because i've always been a writer and so uh, i'm much more a fan of writers than i am of actors and not i still love actors too but they're a notch down for me um but um so it was like also in malice the god speech in malice um but yeah the pilot of sports night hooked me i was so excited and then other shows episodes like the apology and you know that were just so incredible in not just the writing but the whole structure of it and there was a point i was going to make with our countdown um that he knows how to earn a moment you know well said yes you know and that the music that he uses because he would talk about sometimes that he does dialogue as music you know that there's a musicality Mm -hmm. about uh, his character's dialogue with each other and that that just kind of pulls you in and so he's earning the moment dramatically uh and then using the exact right music to go with it um because it was it was written into the into the scripts you know yeah. uh, that snuffy walden i think in a in an interview was like yeah he's it's his idea these different songs and i just work it into the um uh the score hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Yeah, if I was ever lucky enough to interview him, that's what I would want to, you know, after getting past being a fanboy, I would want to talk about that, you know, talk about the, how you build the score of dialogue. Um, you know, one of the, I've told this story often, Sarah, that um, we were going up to, um, it was, we were going up to Cleveland, Ohio. We were going to go to a spring team concert and my wife was like you know i just don't get him i don't i can't understand what he says he just grunts and i said well i want you to listen to his music as if it was an instrumental and don't even try to understand bruce's dialogue his his you know singing just think of it as a voice like peter and the wolf or something and just try to get the emotion of the song and and that really helped her to uh appreciate that and then um while she certainly isn't the biggest springsteen fan she's living with me she has at least come to tolerate and find things um and and i do think there is a an emotion in aaron's writing that is a you know he builds emotions and and as you said he earns that moment and there is a payoff and and i think um the moments we're going to talk about, I think almost all of them have that moment in there for at least with my choices. Yeah. And the genius thing about him earning the moment is that most of the time you don't see the moment coming. Right. But when you look back, you go, oh, okay, I see how he built to this. But then the moment was a surprise. Yes. But completely earned. And when that's paired with the exact right moment, the exact right passion in the um uh in the character's voice uh, it's 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 magic you know and i i say that in the highest regard uh, that it's there's a magic about creation in general but when all of that can come together it's just amazing and it's easy to see i think why we got so swept up in it yeah. And, you know, and you've often, I, I know one of the other things is, um, and and you were always a defender of, you know, Amy Sherman Palladino. Mm-hmm. 
because when people talk about great writers on TV, you know, um, Aaron Sorkin, Ron Moore, whoever, you know, whoever you want to talk about, she often got pushed aside. And this was at the height of the Gilmore Girls. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, now then, you know, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is is just truly a treasure. It is. And and it is amazing how well, in her own way, her the dialogue is just as clever as Aaron's, it just as you know as strong. And unfortunately, Josh Whedon, little harder to be a big fan of Josh Whedon. So you got to separate the work from the person, right? Um, and and it just I am so proud as a fan of seeing what she's done. She, she is amazing and I love that she's always stuck by her own voice and I know that there was like a time when they were trying to give Aaron credit for Gilmore Girls like that like Amy was a pen name or something mm-hmm. and just that dismissal of you know because like Joss Whedon and Amy and, and uh, Daniel Palladino came from Roseanne yeah and um, their work was brilliant there too. So it's like, you know, I mean, it was just a moment, but it was telling. Yeah. It yeah. was telling. And, and back to Aaron, right? Like I, I had heard good things about Molly's game, finally got a chance to see it and fell in love with this movie, right? Like everything about it. And I went and bought the book and I was, I was so disappointed in the book just because it, I mean, it's kind of the same story, but it's not the same story, right? And um, and and I'm like, you know, I guess when Aaron punches up your life, it comes across, you know, a little better. And um, that was you know. great for being his directorial uh, debut. Yes, it was so smooth. You know, yes. yeah. the pacing was fantastic. Um, the staging of how he explained how the game worked and how her part in it worked and her thought process. And that's not easy to do because a lot of that would be internal. Um, you know, so I thought he did great on that and uh, the trial of the Chicago seven. Absolutely. Um, and I'm just thrilled for him that he's still doing such great work. And I, I hope he continues for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I also, he is not some, he is not repeating himself. I mean, he, he continues to now, you know, they did the stage, the live reading, you know, for the, the special on West Wing and he's, Mm -hmm. he's looking at doing a few good men for TV, but you know, the studio, uh, the Chicago seven and the Lucy and Ricard, you know, Ricky story and, and Molly's game, you know, he has continued to push himself and to try different things. Um, I was lucky. Go ahead. The social network. Yeah. Heard about that. I was like, it's about what? Yes. The start of Facebook. What are you going to do with that? Uh, But it was amazing. Yeah. And I was lucky enough. One of the local, this was years ago, but the one of the local theaters did his play about the invention of television, right? The, you know, of Farnsworth. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my, and it was just, you know, I, I don't mean just, but it was 
local actors, and I was captivated by that. It was a fascinating play, um, and it felt like him, um, and which was really, really pretty cool. Yeah, he would talk to me a bit about that, and I actually found um, I found the um, I think of the word. <laughs> Sorry. I'll come back to it. Uh, okay. But I found the, the patent. I found the patent okay. um, and, and brought it to him while he was still putting that together. I don't know if he ever used it, but I was like, oh, look what I found. Look what I found. And, yeah. and uh, so, yeah, I agree. He's always got these really interesting ideas. I think he just goes to what's interesting to him. And that is such a wide variety of things that you never know what the next thing is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Sarah and I were talking about, we wanted to catch up, we wanted to talk, but um, I, you know, September is, this is the sixth anniversary of Set Lessing Bruce. So I've been doing this podcast for this will starting my sixth year and I wanted to do some special episodes. And so I reached out to Sarah and I said, Hey, how do you feel about let's talk Aaron and then maybe come up with our top five musical moments of Aaron's work. And you graciously said, absolutely, Jesse, it sounds like a blast. Okay. So thank you for that so much. Um, I knew immediately five or six that I wanted to pick. Right. How about you? Yeah. And I did go back over just in case I was forgetting anything. And like you, I've got some honorable mentions as well. And I'm sure we're going to overlap on some stuff. Yes. Uh, but, um, I've got some moments that I'll explain. Like they may not be what you would immediately go to, but I'll explain why I chose them. Okay. So what I think we'll do is we'll go, um, and I don't know if you've ranked yours. I kind of sort of ranked mine, yeah. you know, five through one, and then we'll go through our honorable mentions. That's um, I all right. Just to be organized. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's hard to say that's better than that. Exactly. So yes. In some order. Yeah. All right. So you're number five. Okay. So- <laughs> And this is before anybody else brought this up. I already had it on my list, but the Jackal. Oh, absolutely. Because I think it said so much about CJ and how they regarded her, you know, um, what they thought of her, how much they enjoyed her uh, and what that kind of bond of friendship that allows her to. And I know it started because it was actually something that Alice and Janney did. It would do in her trailer. Uh, and so they wrote it in, or he wrote it into the show, but I thought it was also a really good device for how much they just, how bonded they were as a group, but also how much they love CJ. Yeah, um, absolutely a great choice. I love the idea that, you know, Aaron, and, and he talks about that in interviews, right? Like he's always looking for ideas and you know sucking out um in that um great moment um boy talk about someone who alice and Janney, right has done so well i mean post west wing and she was brilliant in west wing but it is a whole it is inspiring how 
much she has brought to the table, you yeah. know, since that. And, you know, if you will, I'm sure you can remember, Sarah, when they were interviewing during the show, you know, other actors would say, oh, Allison Jamie is a built in. She could be a 40s, you know, yeah. screwball comedy, you know, comedian in anything. And to see the greatness of mom is just so wonderful. So yeah. ooh, love that choice. So I know one of the things that um, we talked about beforehand is that um, Newsroom and Studio 60 spoke to me a little bit more than you did. So my number five is from Studio 60, um, the focus group. Mm-hmm. And it is the, um, it's one of the early episodes and um, they they found out that all of a sudden the ratings are up, you know, and there's this great scene where they go the, you know, this affiliates calling complaining um, because their, their switchboard is being flooded with calls because they're not showing studio 60 and um, will you love me tomorrow, which is one of my favorite songs and the Dave Mason cover of it. And I always think that will you love me tomorrow when you have a guy singing the song brings Mm -hmm. a little different vision. And so that point when, you know, Abby's, you know, taking away his car and he's like, you know, he's picking up from the chauffeur and he's like, we can only go down from here. Just as the perfect blend of Aaron, like I'm happy, but at the same time, I know there's another full, you know, full, another shoe going to fall. Yeah. 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 No, that is, that's a really good moment. And that's such a gorgeous song. And the beauty of that song being that it is adaptable to a lot of different kind of situations but just doing that right it's yeah that that's beautiful yeah absolutely all right you're number four number four okay uh from sports night uh boogie shoes yes that i thought that that episode was so genius because it was the first episode that they had it was from dear louise it was from the first episode where they had um, Jeremy writing to his sister who we find out later is uh, deaf and so that's kind of where the letter writing comes in um, and I think it was actually a trope that was used on MASH that he adapted to Sports Night but it was great because there didn't have to be one continuous storyline it was, uh, I mean there were storylines but it was a great way to introduce uh, sort of like with the Jackal, their bond with each other Um and even though Jeremy was still new at that point, that they were bonding with him too. Um, and it was just funny, you know, but it was also just the way that it was um, the perfect song, the unexpected, but perfect, you know? Well, yeah. And they talk about, right. Like if, if Dana has enough alcohol in her, you know, yeah. she'll want to act a certain way. And, you know, in the whole line about I, I make enough money, I don't have to go and, you know, pl- discount. And it was, hey, it's all about that. Yeah. And blue, um, really, really funny. And it it is it really sets off Josh Molina and Jeremy, um, you know, his character and going that. And then I also love the 
you know, I, I never can find a stamp and him like, well, it always turns out when I need one, I get one. So absolutely great choice. So go ahead. The beginning of, of, uh, him and Natalie starting together as well, but again, in an organic way, not in, um, Oh, now it has to be that there's a romance between these two young cuties and, you know, there was, yeah. it was an organic human way that it's stuff starts with little things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I've talked about this before on the podcast. Um, th- there's an episode and on West Wing and they keep talking about, um, is he going to be here? Is he going to be here? He's going to be here. And it turns out James Taylor is going to be in the White House. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm like, oh, James Taylor, how great. And he starts playing a song I'd never heard, Sarah. I had never heard A Change Is Going To Come. And I was like, what's this song? Why isn't James Taylor doing a James Taylor song? Yeah. And what is this talking about? And then you hear President Bartlett talking about Sam Cooke. And I knew Sam Cooke from a, It's Another Saturday Night. Yeah. And you send me. And it led me to finding this song and learning more and more about the civil rights struggle and how this song and how blowing in the wind helped inspire him to do that. Mm -hmm. And so it is not a true musical moment the way you think of like a montage, but Mm -hmm. if I had to name like, okay, name, 10 of your favorite songs, Jesse, a change is going to come would be on that list. And it's all because West wing used it. Right. Yeah. That's absolute. And side note. Yeah. Leslie Odom jr. Playing Sam cook in one night in Miami. Yes. If you haven't, Oh my God, it's fantastic. He's so good. Oh, he's so good in there. And, and, Yes, I, I agree. Um, and, and yeah, so just absolutely wonderful. All right. What's your number three? Number three. Okay. Number three is from Noel. Um, it is uh, Yo-Yo Ma uh, playing the box suite in G major. And the reason being, because as he's playing it, we're getting to see what really was going on with Josh and getting the truth of what happened with um, with his PTSD. And so it was this buildup of this crescendo of the music and the urgency of the music um, uh, culminating with him smashing his hand into the window. Um, and then right after that, once he has once the truth has been revealed to Stanley where he can finally release what's been going on with him, or at least begin to release the pressure cooker on the PTSD. um, The, the music in the suite changes to a more major key kind of sound, you know, because I mean, it's in, it's in a major key, but the crescendo up had felt very minor key. And then as soon as that moment happens with him, it switches into that kind of lighter, more relaxed major key kind of sound. So I don't know if that was an intention, but as 
former classical musician, it, it spoke to me that way. Um, so I just thought that was uh, a brilliant use of that moment, you know, oh. and also because I love Yo-Yo Ma oh, and yes. as well. So I grow up loving him. And, um, but that just, it was part of the power of Noel having it go that way, you know? Yeah, it was. And in such a great episode where, um, and, and Arkin is amazing in it, right? Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not playing either Josh and I, you know, and the Mm -hmm. whole, you know, cause Josh is used to being one of the smartest people in the room. Mm -hmm. And then to have someone who as smart, maybe even more than him and to go through that and working through it is absolutely beautiful. And, um, you know, and to think about that, you know, the, the courage or the audacity, however you want to call it of, and of a Christmas episode with a great musical scene, uh, you know, just one of my honorable mentions was little drummer boy, Mm -hmm. you know, in excess Deo, right. Where Mm -hmm. just the, you hear that chorus and Mrs. Lanningham going, you shouldn't have done that, you know? And, And then I think I'll go with you. Um, so you're like, okay, am I going to repeat myself? And he was able to pull it off another great musical moment, just as powerful. So yeah, great, great choice. And all hail Catherine Houston. Oh oh my God. And she was just so wonderful. I got to see her on stage, um, with, um, it was like a monologue not mm-hmm. contest, but like um, showcase kind of thing, yeah. different actors. And so it was her and Timothy Davis Reed. Um, and I got to see what he was capable of too. And it was just, he's so good. Yes. You know? And for everything that he was connected to and got to do, I, I really wish people had got to see more of how good he is. Um but getting to see both of them separately, but on the same night, uh, act live just from monologues. I mean, I already loved her, but it just, it enriched how much I, you know, how highly I thought of her abilities. Yeah. And I, I love the idea that when she later went on to do Joan of Arcadia, they called oh. her the Mrs. Lanahan God. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is just such a beautiful tribute to uh, her. And uh, yeah, the story, right? Like, don't go smoking with Aaron, you'll lose your job. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, but do you remember um, the day after uh, 18th and Potomac yeah. uh, aired, or e- either that day or a few days after, but there was a moment of peace uh, or a moment of silence for her in Congress. Yes. For, for Mrs. Landingham. I mean, like everybody knows she's, you know, fictional, but she was that real. She was. Oh, just amazing. Uh, yeah. Great, great moment. So sad to lose her. Absolutely. And Already. yeah. Um, so my number three is um, from Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. So two of them, which I was surprised, but um, K&R Part 1. 
and um john hyatt is one of my favorite artists and they do have a little faith in me all right and they show that you know maddie and them are arguing and they keep going back and forth we've been having this argument six months we've been having this argument 10 years Mm -hmm. you know and they're just going back and forth back and forth and it's it's wonderful but the thing that sells me is um the matthew perry's character you know matt and they had just found out that um that danny's girlfriend you know um the um jordan mcdear amanda pete is in the hospital and she's having problems with her pregnancy with delivery and Matt looks up to the sky and says, because he's a very clear atheist, show me something, you know, and she had just talked about Sarah Paulson, like, let me pray with me, Matt, Maddie, let me, let me teach you how to pray. And he's like, this is not for me. We're not going to talk to someone visible, you know, Santa Claus in the sky. And just that little moment of him looking up and going, show me something, it, I'm almost crying now talking about it. Totally. And just a note on Matthew Perry. Um, around this time, I had been writing um, an entertainment column mm-hmm. on, on a just a little independent website. And I'd been advocating, and this is before he did any of that, while he was still just doing Friends and these little side movies that he was doing. Um but I was seeing something in him in his right in his acting, and I was saying on the on the column, I was like, Matthew Perry is a dramatic actor. Get him into some drama because he's going to really really surprise you. And then he did his part on the West Wing, and I was like, I told y'all, he is so freaking good. And um, I don't know if he ever really got to spread his wings on that as as well as he might have. You right. know, but I was so glad to see where he was able to show that. And he's good in everything. Yes, absolutely. And I do agree. He was the the very few episodes he did of West Wing, though, he was amazing. And mm-hmm. then, you know, he is an absolutely horrible person on The Good Wife. I mean, just yeah. a despicable character that you just despise, which I think shows his range, too. So, yeah, absolutely. Well done. All right, number two. Number two might surprise you. Uh, okay. It's from Sports Night. It's uh, Afternoon Delight by the Starland Vocal Band. Uh, the reason being because that is, it's it's a joke in earlier in the, but this is in the episode, The Apology, um, where we find out what happened to um, Danny's younger brother. And... Um, he's told to give an apology on the air because of an interview he gave where he was advocating for uh, the legalization of marijuana. And, um, and he was like, apologize to who? He's like, who cares? I think Isaac was like, who cares? Apologize to somebody and then it be done with it. And so he gives this apology to his brother because he, he felt like his drug use led to his little brother's drug use, which led to his death. Um, and then he had been teasing Casey along the way about 
about uh, Afternoon Delight and having that like on his on a CD in his car or something like that. And then it's used at the end of the episode after the apology, because what do you say after that? You have to change the subject, you know? And it was an expert way, I thought, of showing the bond between Casey and Dan where he didn't have to say anything to him. He just kind of leaned over and was like, basically, I don't think you're giving afternoon delight a good chance here then and then they go into what's cool and what's not cool and it was his way of kind of easing dan back into not having to talk about it at all but it was such a great uh, exhibition i guess of um their bond and their brotherhood themselves you know i i totally agree with you in fact my number two is Afternoon Delight. No. <laughs> yes, it is. It is my number one. And for that very same reason, I remember watching this and, um, and there, and, you know, Casey is not considered cool. And he's mm-hmm. talking about, you know, that he's got this basically KTEL CD that right. has, you know, the Afternoon Delight in there. And after Dan bears his soul, and Casey leans over and you just know he's going to say, man, thank you for sharing or we're doing that. And instead you start hearing those opening chords right. and him going, you know, the Grammys, they right. won best new Grammy over Elvis Costello. Are you telling me Elvis Costello is not cool? <laughs> he's like, no, I'm saying that the Academy is not cool. Right. And when you talked about this, earning the moment Mm -hmm. there's no way i could have had on my you know bingo card that an afternoon delight by the starland vocal band was going to make me tear up right but bam there it is and and i think if i had if i had to pinpoint it sarah this was the moment i knew i would love sports night I just think it's almost an epiphany of like, oh my goodness, what are they going to do? So I absolutely agree with you for all the reasons you say it is just an amazing, amazing moment. Um, so I'll switch up since I did two, I'll do my number one and then you can end with your number one. So that way, um, yeah, well, no, it's not because I know I'm guessing what yours is and mine is for a personal reason it's the sort of Orion mm. sloop John B with the beach boys. Yes. And, yes. and the reason why is I loved Dan and Rebecca. I, 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 I have the biggest to this day crush on Terry Polo, you know, and I, and you're seeing all this stuff. And then my first musical obsession was with the beach boys and to hear she's talking about you know her ex her ex-husband of course now that we know they're just separated but didn't want him her part of his life and you know and Danny's you know like I'm gonna work through that wall of pain I'm gonna break through it and she goes I have a hotel I've got champagne and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you hear we come on the soup John B mm-hmm. and she says bring the tape and his face lights up yeah. You know, it's not enough. I'm going to get to have, um, you know, in an, an, a night of love with this, by 
this girl that I'm, you know, I'm falling in love with, but I'm going to get to watch the spring <laughs> baseball team, you know, Orlando Rojas to see if he's going to come back. Right. Just was magic for me. And so when I, Sloop John B and Afternoon Delight, when I hear those two songs, I immediately think of Sports Night now. And so, and, and I know I, I, I have others on my honorable mention, and I, I'm guessing what your number one is going to be, and I will totally agree with you, but just because of selfish reasons, I had to pick this one. Well, it is excellent, though, but and it was also what um, Jeremy was going through in that episode. Exactly. One was about coming together, and one was about falling apart, and so they were trying to be there for him and he again was still kind of new to them yes. and then that was a kind of bonding that they got to have um and which i think probably because he talks about in um at earlier uh, near the beginning of the show when he had to go and cover the hunting trip yes and he was so concerned about saying anything about it, even though from the beginning, he didn't want to do it. Um, that, you know, in his previous jobs, he hadn't fit in. Right. And was very concerned about speaking his mind on anything because he didn't want to lose another job that he cared about. Yeah. Um, just based on that. And Isaac says to him, you know, your former bosses were idiots and, you know, but Jeremy is like, well, not fitting in is how you lose a job and he and he says well not fitting in is how a lot of people end up here and so it's just this continuation of the bond where he could yeah. feel a little bit more trusting with everybody you know that he yeah. wasn't fit in absolutely and and you know for those of you who've not seen the episode first off go see it um but um you know jeremy's parents are breaking up after you know he just out of nowhere and there was this ship that had gotten lost and he was trying to figure out what happened and everything and so the sloop john b was perfect um and and by the way sarah i i probably do not go a year without quoting isaac's story of if you are if you are dumb, you surround yourself with smart people. If you are smart, you surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you. Right. Um, when someone asks me for business advice, I quote that. And I always give Aaron, like, you know, the great uh, Robert Guillaume, you mm -hmm. know, and, and saying it and delivering it because he sold the line and Aaron writing it. So absolutely. And it just, um, it, it's just a magical moment. And, and, it wasn't musical is the only reason it didn't make the list because it is that been in that important to my life, that line. Right. All right. And number one. So number one, and I'm, I'm sure that we don't even need a drum roll on this, but has to be brothers in arms. Perfect. Um, from two cathedrals. And again, from the earning the moment, you know, the, the buildup of everything that he'd been dealing with, um uh, bartlett in that episode um just uh it's so much that i don't know how to succinctly put it together but that moment was earned when he goes out the portico and, and stands in the rain 
and in the script it says uh that he goes out in the rain as a baptism the rain feels like a baptism to him and he wants it and it's that kind of like his way back in or at least beginning to kind of get his footing again after being knocked around by everything very suddenly um but it was also all of them walking as a team to that press conference um and little things like we have to be watching to see it in a way but when he refused to put his raincoat on charlie took his off as well yes it was this incredible moment even with different music or no music um but brothers in arms is so beautiful and perfectly the the perfect mood the perfect tone uh and the perfect message and that they over two seasons had um shown that they are a team you know so it wasn't something cheap they didn't only earn it over that um over that episode they had earned it um over two seasons and yeah I, i totally agree sarah and and luckily um when we first mentioned this, you know, you and I were, you're like, man, well, right offhand, and this was one you mentioned, I went, okay, good. I don't have to include that one because she will, and we can still talk about it. Um, it is such a, a perfect sign and a song and, and the dire straits and, you know, um, the, the lyrics and the voice sounds so tired and, and the visuals. And I do, I always notice you know, Charlie, well, hey, if you're not wearing a coat, I'm not wearing a coat. And this, this Charlie is so protective of the president mm-hmm. and, and, and so in, in, in awe and in love of him and all of them are mm-hmm. and them all, you know, the, and it is just amazing that, you know, the president is, is angry at God and, and it is, we've, once again earning the moment he is a very devout catholic you know and we see that he has this incredible strong faith and to be so mad and so angry um and to have that payoff is just absolutely um hair raising it will send a shiver down your spine and that mrs landingham was sort of the one who knocked him out of it you know that not right. her, but the voice that had been in her he- in his head since he was a teenager. Yes, you know that she started as a big sister and she ended as a big sister, and was like, "I love you, but I'm not gonna uh, pity you. Yeah. Get to work." You know, and um, I mean, th- and she says to him, "You know, if you don't want to run again, that's fine. But if you're doing because you think it's gonna be hard or you're scared or whatever." don't talk to me about that yeah i know you i know you longer than anybody here um and almost anybody in your life you know yeah and the actress who played the young mrs lanningham was um she was a she was she was just lovely on the west wing weekly when they interviewed her and and she was perfect and she was doing it and you're right like well i just don't even want to know you jed and to hear him it is and that that great scene which you know we debated and everything because like 
well, um, it's a cliffhanger. And we're like, no, it's very clearly, <laughs> you know, you, I know you're going to say yes, because you're going to tilt, and you're going to put your hand in the pocket. And, you know, uh, it just was absolutely, and, you know, and like, um, CJ telling him now, don't forget, you want to ask this question first, you know, and, you know, cause he's going to be a medical question. You need that, you know, yeah. and he sees that. And then he just goes to someone else because, you know, he has had that redemption. He has had that fire in his belly again. Right. And it was just, the whole thing was gorgeous. I now want to go pull this, my DVD and watch it again. So I, I emailed him after it aired and I said, I, I can't breathe. It is, this was so, every minute of this episode was so breathtaking i just you know and i'm sure he was getting a flood of but he was oh, always sure. about eating uh, he would always reply yeah uh, was always wonderful about that um well and i also think sarah you never overstepped and were always very respective respectful of him and his time you know it would have been easy you know and you made it very clear that there was a boundary that you had, you know, you were kind enough to get a connection and, and, you know, because of our kind of mailing list and everything, and you were always very, you kept it, you know, professional. Yeah. Because he's busy, you know? Yeah. um, I mean, I lost the connection with him a long time ago and I still miss it sometimes. Sure. Um, because it was great and um, there's another the the kind of quintessential um, earning the moment and being surprised by it at the same time uh, that he's so good at these things the um, you're wearing my shirt Gordon moment yes was just like what oh my god and when you look at it again it's like oh yeah i see how this built up but it was a gut punch in the very best way um and he had a still he had uh, like different stills in his office uh that were framed and he had that moment and i think when i saw it i grabbed his arm i was like oh my god this moment aaron oh my god you know yeah (laughs) i was like some things I had no shame about gushing over because I'm yeah. just like, I can't believe that this exists and I get to witness it and you're actually here and I get to tell you. So um, he was like, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was at several years ago, I was on my way at the DFW airport, was going to fly down to San Antonio for a business meeting. And I'm going to check my bag and Brenda Strong is right in front of me. No way. And at the time she was on Dallas, the new Dallas remake, she was playing Bobby's second wife. And um, I, I said, hello, how are you doing? Um, I just don't want to bother you, but I want to tell you that my son just recently discovered the new Dallas and he is adoring it. And um, he, and we just think you're great in it. And also, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, 
and she said, do you have a camera or a phone? If you do, would you like a picture to show your son? I'm like, I, I wasn't going to ask you. And she goes, I could tell you weren't going to ask me. I would love to that. So her friend took a picture of me and Brenda Strong. And so we're going up the escalator. And I said, by the way, I've been a fan of yours since sports night. And she goes, ah, sports night are my smart fans. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know whether she was BSing or not, but it yeah. made me smile that um, and, and we talked for a few minutes, like she goes, you know, I've had a really great career. I, you know, I got to be able on Star Trek, Star Troopers and she goes in, you know, Desperate Housewives. Mm -hmm. I, I was loved doing that. And she goes, and I was able, you know, to do sports night and, um, rewatching sports night. I think really Sally was not treated. I mean, Sally was ambitious, but I felt like a Sally got a raw deal in a couple of ways. And maybe because I got to meet Brenda Strong in person and I just adore, she was so lovely meeting me. Yes, right. yeah. um, I think when she was first introduced, she was kind of cartoony uh, yeah. and sort of a one dimensional type of character, but that was enriched. And yes. I really loved that Dana, you know, confronted her yeah. because she had feelings for Casey. Yeah. Um, and you know, when Sally was like, I, I don't know you anything, you know? Yeah. Basically. I mean, over Gordon, she did, yeah. but not over Casey and yeah. um, Dana coming back and apologizing, like genuinely apologizing. It was so nice to see that. It was um, because especially at the time there was a lot of like, Oh, women are always at each other. They're never comrades or never, you know, which is just baloney. Absolutely. And, um that has not been the case in my life i'm i have a girlfriend who i am very supportive of and it's and that's the norm you know i mean not that you don't disagree but it's not like we're biologically set to go at each other and it's just silly um so absolutely to see that on tv with uh where it was contentious but became respectful with that but also the bond with um, with her and Natalie, which could mm. also be that there are disagreements, but there's a respect there and enough of a bond that they could uh, say, I think you're wrong. Yeah. You know? And and I love the line where Sally goes, I don't even think Casey likes me that much. Yeah. And, oh, I'm sure that's not true, Sally, but it it wasn't, you know? It, it was a true statement and it was um it was heartbreaking or hear that hear her say that um right. so oh yeah just amazing all right um i've already shared one of my honorable mentions um little drummer boy do you have a couple you want to share yeah um i have sort of three and i'll Go just, for it i'll just talk about them all at the same time sounds great um, so I just want to say, I don't know if it counts really, but the sports night music, the themes, the theme music, it was like this kind of Pavlovian happy. Oh, amen. You know? Yes, amen. Just like every Tuesday night, that music starts. I'm like, my heart, <laughs> I get to see this. Yes. Um, and even now, like watching some of it again, I was reminded of how happy that music made me. And the West Wing as well. Yes, uh, that the theme music had that 
effect too. Um, and then I want to say also in the social network, um, when Zuckerberg is leaving the bar and going back to his dorm room to start the beginning of what became Facebook, you know, the um, pitting the women against each other. Uh-huh. Um, and it was a score. It was the uh, uh, Trent Reznor and um, Atticus Ross uh, score, but it was, it was brilliant in that kind of building of, you know, it was subtle, but it was this building of his like inner anger growing on the way back. So it's a side thing. It's not really Aaron, but uh, it worked great. And then my last one is at the end of um, Dead Irish Writers, um, O Canada. Oh. <laughs> because it was for Donna, even though it was a joke. Um, but it was also that it was coming from Abby after a moment that Donna was feeling really terrible about, you know, that uh, Donna had called Abby out on the medical stuff with Bartlett's MS. Yeah. Um, And she felt terrible because Donna's a sweetheart and would never hurt anybody, you know? Right. Um, And so it was not only um, the you're forgiven moment. It was a build. It was like, you did good. You yeah. said the right thing. And then that led to her decision of what she was going to give up um, because of what Donna had said, you know, had had the guts to say and then yeah. regretted um, that the O Canada moment was funny, but it was also very touching in all of the messages involved in that. And then I think there's a common theme with the music is that it's never just like this song will be good here. It always means something. Yeah, I, I agree, and I loved all the 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 four the three or four women all talking, right? And they're all comfortable, comfortable. And Donna, all of a sudden, you know, oh, oh crap! I didn't mean to be that comfortable, right? Yeah, uh, is a great moment. That's uh, truly, I I love that. Um, I already mentioned Little Drummer Boy, uh, staying on the Christmas theme, uh, Oh Holy Night. Mm-hmm. on studio 60 when they do the christmas show and they they they're talking about katrina and there there's a subplot about these musicians not being able to work and so people were calling out sick so that these new orleans magicians could fill in and try to get enough hours for like the for their union um mm-hmm. and it is a beautiful um you know um instrumental version of Oh Holy Night set to images of New Orleans. And so I think that was a really powerful moment. And then the last one um, grew on me, but um, the newsroom, how I got, that's how I got to Memphis. Um, You know, it's a Tom T. Hall song and um, they're at the funeral Mm-hmm. of you know as jeff daniels talks about i've lost my best friend and he's talking to the you know the their the grandsons you know and i just seeing everyone sing and do that um i watched it today you know on youtube and it made me smile all over again 
that, you know, just that moment of, you know, Will McAvoy is there singing, you know, with uh, Charlie's grandsons, I, I just think is a really great moment. And, uh, and I, I, once again, they earned it because um, Charlie had talked about that his grandson was gifted a musician earlier in the episode and had talked about that, um, you know, he's the meaning became how I got to Memphis and the, the backstories in that episode is Aaron showing how everyone got to where they ended up being. So it kind of had a double meaning similar to you, like the O Canada story, right? Mm. Yeah. Oh, so much, so much good stuff. It's so much good stuff. And, and so I, yes, I appreciate it. Um, Sarah, this was a blast. I, I appreciate it. I could talk Aaron Sorkin with you every night and for just hours. And I don't think it would be, you know, um, you know, if we, if we weren't both busy, I would, I would, I, I swear I wanted to do a sports night version of West Wing, you know, Wrestling Weekly, just to go through every episode and visit with it and talk yeah. about it. And, and if I ever do, I'm, you're my first call. Thank you. So. I appreciate you inviting me because this was just so beautiful. And it's been a while since I revisited any of that. And um, so this was so lovely and I really appreciate you thinking of me. No problem. Um, all right. So did you do your homework about the Mary question? I did. Oh, yay. Cause I was going to cut this out if you didn't. Oh. Um, so if you are a fan of Sarah and, or an Aaron Sorkin fan, and you've never listened to set listing Bruce, I end every episode asking my guest the Mary question and what the Mary question is Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area he just recently retired and he uh, his seniors would spend two days taking the song Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen break apart look at the imagery look at the um, the lyrics talk about the themes and at the end of the two days they ask the question does Mary get in the car so, Sarah, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? I have to, and I can see where um, it would, it could go either way. Um, what I um, hope is that it's no. Okay. She does not get in the car. And mainly because the whole narrative is that she has been through some bad stuff uh with a lot of bad guys and the way that he is stating his case basically he's not uh presenting himself as any better and he's using a thing um that i that i see happen sometimes where it's like trying to want to say it in the best way um basically that the guy knows he's not gonna offer that much better and so tries to bring the girl down yeah. um, and so that she'll accept him or just go with it and that kind of uh what they call the nagging yeah you know? my 
my wife says the reason she doesn't like the song is she thinks it it's about settling. Yeah. And yeah. and she so that's why she is not a fan of the show of that song. Um, so I can certainly see that. Yeah. If he made a better case for himself. Yeah. Then maybe this is a turning point for her. Maybe there's someone who sees what she's been through, which he does, but he's using it to his advantage to not only get her on board with him, but to not to be another one who doesn't have to make any kind of an effort. And um, so I'm just like, my hope is that she sees this would be a repeat of old patterns and that she says, thanks, but no thanks. Um, I love that answer. Um, well said, uh, I, I do. Um, you know, someone asked me once, you know, and, and it's about 60, 40, 60 percent say she gets in the car, 40 percent says she doesn't. Um, I will email you my one of my favorite answers. I had uh, Bex, who um, is a fellow podcaster who had never heard the song and she did not listen to the song. She just read the lyrics and she basically said that it was a like that it was a murder mystery and that if she gets in the car he's going to kill her don't do it so so i and she's like i hope i haven't offended you i'm like no i think that's one of the best answers ever you know uh so i am not disappointed and i am not shocked that i'm not disappointed sarah you are always had great insights and great thoughts and so thank you so much for sharing and giving that answer um if someone wants to reach you uh what's the best way oh gosh um all over social media um usually if you search my my handle which i've used forever um uh at la dreamer uh l-a-d r-e-a-m-r so without the last e um i'm on uh facebook and instagram twitter is that it (laughs) yeah that's it no 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 no, that's good (laughs) yeah so i'm i'm reachable for sure good good well i i i hope you had fun this was such a joy to to do this again and and just to spend time with you uh, as i said that some of my favorite moments were having that discussion with people like yourself and and enjoying aaron's music you know his writing and so and it was i agree with you this was a lot of fun to go back and think about it and pick and choose and um this made for a very special episode for my anniversary month so thank you so much and um when we i will be emailing you and we'll meet up uh with masks on because we are uh responsible and we will get together and share a a beverage or food soon okay absolutely thank you so much for this is just really 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 special and um i appreciate it so much Well, thank you. Hang tight. All right, listeners, you let us know what we missed. Email me, uh, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. But in the meantime, go get vaccinated. Go wear a mask. Remember to social distance. Wash your hands. Let's all be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. And for now, thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.